Bullshit is everywhere. Bullshit is rampant. Hello everybody, welcome to uh, the fifth episode of uh, the BS Cast's look into Loki. Uh, with me, as always, is Tyler Moliterno, who will be very happy in the knowledge that uh, his ancestral country have <laughs> just beaten my ancestral country on penalties, 3-2, to win the European Championship. How are you doing, Tyler? I'm good, Dave. If it makes you feel any better, you know, maybe we, I can uh, use a temp bag, go pick up the variant version of you from the timeline where they did win today <laughs> to record the rest of the podcast. Yeah, but I'd just get clipped and that would make my day even worse. So I don't know. Oh, yeah. I think we'll, I think <laughs> we'll just get erased. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we'll just stick with what we've got, which is, um, I don't know, I mean, very, very briefly. And I did say this on Twitter, but um, I, there's been a lot made about the whole all football's coming home thing, and uh, I, I think a lot of people have lost the fact that it was an ironic song, which was written by the fucking Lightning Seeds, who are kings of melancholic love songs, and it's a love song about football, about the fact that we want it to come home, but it never will. And um, despite the fact that we did lose the final of the European Championships, the the manner in which that England team comported itself over the last month the fact that they were taking the knee for black lives matter that marcus rashford has been feeding hungry school kids by using his clout to put pressure on the government the fact that a 19 year old bakayo saka stood up and had the balls to say i will take the fifth penalty ahead of people much older and much more experienced than him i'm just so massively proud of everybody that is in that england football team and you know they really do. If if um, I, I would recommend everyone check out the letter to England fans that Gareth Southgate wrote a few days previously to this, uh, where he basically talks about the team being uh, a, a team built of the the best and brightest of this generation. About how they're a multicultural collection of characters. They represent all races, colours, and creeds, and all beliefs. You know and they really are like they're they're a, a brilliant group of lads and they've made everybody so proud despite the fact that they couldn't win the final and um you know on the on in danger in the danger of making it sound very twee and and very flowery um i don't think it matters that we lost that cup final because i i think football came home i think they brought the country together in the right way uh, in, a, in a way that wasn't like we're going to beat other countries. It was a, we're proud of this group of young men and we're proud to stand behind them and support them as a team. Um, so anyway, that's football out of the way. Uh, back to Loki, uh, because we had a really, really good episode of Loki this week. So much happened and uh, I'm looking forward to talking about it all with you, Tyler. Um, where do you want to start? Man, I, it it was just such a fun episode. Let's mm. just we'll, we'll just jump up from the start and say that like the episode kicks off with this like big sweeping shot that kind of takes us from the TVA up into the elevators up to the timekeepers. I love the way the camera passes the the head, uh, the decapitated head of the middle timekeeper. Yeah, uh, and then it goes into the fog, and then we are transported transported to 
a void at the end of time <laughs> where <laughs> we pass some insane Easter eggs before arriving at Loki and the other Lokis we saw in the end credit scene. And Loki goes, uh, what's going on? Who are you? <laughs> like, what is that? And then uh, Richard E. Grant in the stupidest Loki costume you've ever seen in your entire life <laughs> goes, um, uh, this is uh, this is the void. That's a lie. Where is Lunchel? You know, episode starts. It's great, <laughs> man. That that frog Easter egg. I had to rewind it just to double check, and it's so cool to see Puddle Gulper in live action um, in a little jar, jumping and trying to get to uh, Mjolnir. And apparently, I read this today. Uh, Chris yeah, Hemsworth. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth recorded new dialogue just for Puddle Gulper. <laughs> or frog spelt th in case anyone was wondering it's just wonderful (laughs) i absolutely adore the fact that he was willing to do that this episode has it there's a it's a lot of easter eggs of things that are like really cool interesting like what does that mean or, or or what's going on here uh as well as a lot of the stupidest thing or not stupid but like silly things from comic books that you said oh that'll never be in the mcu that's too silly that's too weird um case in point not only did we get frog we got the fucking thanos yes i saw a tweet about this the other day where somebody quoted their own tweet from 2015 it was it was james gunn oh james gunn jesus christ i didn't even look at the name And he, James yeah, so Gunn tweeted in 2015, <laughs> you know, they'll never have the balls to put this in an MCU movie. And then quote tweeted himself being like, well, never mind. <laughs> yeah. The Mad Men did it. Uh, it was brilliant. <laughs> and what I didn't realize was that uh, Thanos, uh, his weapon from Endgame and Infinity War mm-hmm. was kind of inspired by the Thanos copter. Uh, because it, they're yeah, meant like to, re- yeah, they're meant to represent two helicopter blades strapped together, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I, I love that. That was really cool detail, and that tweet coming uh, across my timeline, and not reading whose tweet it was, just reading the content, which is a yeah. a terrible habit that I have, where I I just <laughs> read things that are funny, and I never equip the, them with a, a name. You know, I I never give them the the due diligence. Um, I, that that's awesome that that was James Gunn. That's absolutely a James Gunn thing to do yeah. as well, you know. Um, yeah, so Richard E. Grant is the MVP of this episode, hands down. I'm just going to say it. Like, yes, Alligator Loki possibly as well. But that, I think Alligator Loki is also a it's it's a it's a standout <laughs> MVP of this episode. But to me, Richard E. Grant is he is um you know he gets the special title card special guest star Hmm. at the end of the episode and i think it's so great he gets such a such such reverence in the end credits of this because my god if (laughs) i had to cast an older version of tom hiddleston's loki yeah if I I will I'd be damned if I got anybody other than Richard E. Grant and he <laughs> fucking delivered. He wore the stupidest costume you've ever seen in your entire life, yep, and he worked, and, made it work. And he made it work. He was great. He has an awesome moment at the end, and then truly to me, the thing that really 
is is the, the stamp on the whole thing. The mm-hmm. thing that really pulls the whole thing together is right before he's he's uh, devoured by Eliab. The way he laughs yeah. is perfect. Yeah, it was so great. He's what so good at the maniacal laugh. He was perfect choice for this. I love that he's game to do it. That he tweeted out the him in the get up and makeup and being like, <laughs> you know, my dad always said that I, you know, if I tried to be an actor, I'd just be wearing stupid costumes and makeup. <laughs> and I'm I'm glad to report that that was the case. <laughs> yeah, oh man, he he was great in the part. And did you see that that tweet uh, that somebody put out where it was a picture of with Nail and I, but they'd superimposed uh, old man Loki onto it. And uh, they had the caption underneath, I want the finest variants <laughs> brought to me. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, yeah, and he he does have like an absolutely key part of this episode, but pretty much the resolution of the entire uh, show because of the fact that he demonstrates to Sylvie and Loki that they are more powerful than they realise because he's able yeah. to bring about the reconstruction um even though it is essentially um a a a trick of of the mind it's a projection he reconstructs the entirety of asgard which along with that music which is kind of a mix of uh, flight of the valkyrie which is a great Mm -hmm. little callback to uh sylvie playing with a valkyrie uh during her kind of origin uh story um just so awesome and and you can imagine that if they were to make um if the mcu kicked off at the time that loki was rocking those kind of outfits uh you know back Mm -hmm. in like the 60s or 70s or whatever um that they would be very tempted to use a song like ride of the valkyries uh for the uh for the movie or for the tv Mm -hmm. show so i thought it was really really fitting for him um I love his story as well when they're talking about their different variant moments, you know, their, uh, the moments where they split from the prime timeline. Um, the Nexus events. Nexus events. Thank you. I was searching for the term, but I couldn't think <laughs> of it. So I just thought I'll just take the long way around, the more, more circuitous route. Um, and uh, so you get uh, the boastful Lo- uh, Loki talking about how he killed four. Um, and I think Kid Loki also killed four. So this no, seemed... no, no. Boastful Loki killed Captain America and oh, Iron and Man. Iron Man. That's right. But he is also claiming to have done that, and and Alligator Loki does not think that that is the case. <laughs> uh, right. He says he killed he killed Captain America and Iron Man and uh, got all the Infinity Stones. And then that's it. Um, and then uh, Kid Loki said mm. that he killed he four. killed did not four. say the contents of what he did it but they must have been kids when he did it so yeah, yeah. uh they must not have been too old maybe instead of turning himself into a snake and then four picking him up because he loves snakes and then changing back into loki and going boo it's me loki uh and then stabbing him maybe he stabbed him in a more um in a more uh what's the word fatal area yeah, I, I my guess is, and we'll see if if Kid Loki returns at all. Because he is, you know, as mm. we mentioned, all of these people who keep popping up. Kid Loki is a member of the Young Avengers, so who knows? Ooh. They keep introducing those guys. <laughs> I don't know what the plan is with them, but Didn't he is a member realize. of the Young Avengers. Didn't know. And, 
What's that? They... I, I didn't know that. I didn't realize. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so who knows if we ever see him again or find out what his story is. But uh, I do feel like whatever happened, I do think he was remorseful about it. I, I don't think it was a a vindictive kill. And I and I especially after this episode, I think I may have mentioned it last week hmm. that I kind of felt like uh, a lot of the not not uh, all of them. Mm-hmm. Because there's, you know, we we meet more Lokis, but we do hear uh, specifically from Kid Loki and classic Loki as Richard E. Grant's character is built as yeah. uh, that they are uh, variants who were pruned and uh, arrested for trying to better themselves and trying to be a better person. So we talked about how Baby Sylvie saw herself as a hero. And that's why she was pruned. Hmm. Um, and we hear classic Loki wanted to reunite with Thor. Yeah. And he's pruned. And we hear kid Loki say at one point, uh, we're, we're, we're all the same. And if we ever tried to fix ourselves. ourselves or make ourselves better, we're sent here. I, I think, the, I think the line was whenever we try to fix ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is very important to the story that they're telling, with, certainly with Sylvie. Although I'm not sure that in all cases it's a matter of when we try to fix ourselves because, you know, as we've already no, been told. It seems like that is a common thread, though, that Lokis who did try to fix themselves are. Oh, they're all sent there. That. Yeah, because there are other Lokis. And it's also other variants who 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 are just evil and just yeah, did something that they shouldn't have done. Yeah, exactly. Because there there are clearly yeah. Lokis who weren't trying to fix themselves. Um, like I mean, for example, like Kid Loki killing Thor. That is his Nexus event. That's not him trying to fix himself. Um, no, but but I could also see it changing his personality in a way that made them prove him. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. It's like well, okay. Let's say oh, it may have turned him off of the path. The Avengers yeah. are still able to defeat them, uh, but Loki still has to be evil. But Loki accidentally killing Thor makes him change his ways. Yeah, so he I never see. goes down that path. Yeah, would change the timeline dramatically. So that makes more sense. Yeah, true. yeah. No, that you makes know what sense. I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I follow you now. Um, we yeah. we did finally. I'm jumping ahead here, but um, yeah. we uh, we we got Mobius back and. That scene that you mentioned seeing in the uh, trailer, where yes. he's driving with the uh, the Sphinx and Stonehenge in the background, uh, turns out that he wasn't the only one in the car at the time because he actually let's let's do it in some sort of order so it makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Sylvie has uh Renslayer at her mercy, and Miss Minutes is back in this episode and she's digging through files trying to find what it is that um that uh sylvie wants to find out um and uh sylvie is like we, she's basically told she's clued in on the fact that loki isn't dead and that actually the um the the time cannon stick things i can't remember what they're originally called but essentially they're pr- they're pruning sticks um <laughs> they don't kill people they send them to the void at the end of time um yes and so then Renslayer says well we have an experimental vessel that could take you there now actually 
you know who comes up with this lie. Oh, well, it's Miss Minutes, isn't it, actually? It's Miss Minutes. Yeah, who comes which up makes with you lie, wonder. Which I thought was fascinating. <laughs> well, it makes makes me wonder, is, is there more of an intelligence behind Miss Minutes? Are we starting to see the ends unravel I, here? Yeah. I, I, I'm I not really sure what's happening with Ms. Minutes. I'm excited to see if anything comes from it in the finale, but it was she was the one who said, what about the experimental time copter? And then Renslayer picks up and goes, yes, look up the file on that. And then they're stalling. <laughs> yeah. But that was her lie. Not mm, no, you're right. So it was, it was Ms. Minutes who came up with that, with that. And, Miss Minutes trying to stall for time so that everybody else can show up. Yeah, um, which they do. But we do know we we do know that there is there there is this interesting thing. You know, I love when when shows play this subtly and they don't make it super obvious. But we know that Renslayer uh, obviously is still has has not turned her back on the T- TVA. Has not is not trying to to blow it up. Mm. She does not know who is behind it though but and she, she trusts, does want to know who's behind it but, but she's she, also she trusts whoever it is even though she doesn't know who they are like she right. she, she has still thinks what they're doing is good it. yeah but she does she does want to know now who is in charge who who is the person pulling the string so she can so she knows yeah but i do and i do think she's like, she says miss minutes um you know he's in danger or they're in danger so i need to figure out who it is but i think that's a lie i think she just wants to know um, I don't think that she's trying to protect them. I think she's just curious and is still buying into the mission and is mm. not trying to, to kill them like Sylvie is, but she does want to find out who it is and yeah. she doesn't know. And, and, and that she wasn't lying. Um, when she said that she didn't know who was responsible. Yeah. So, um, all of that leads to the TVA agents bursting in and, uh, pretty much surrounding Sylvie who takes off with a, a little bit of, uh, of I, I want to call it a uh, free running uh, flourish. Like she, mm-hmm. she really does parkour the hell out of that escape. Um, and then she just turns. She also steals some, uh, she also steals a temp pad, which is very important. She does. Uh, and then she just turns the, uh, the old boomstick on herself and, <laughs> basically takes a massive leap of faith because she doesn't know for sure that they're telling the truth. Um, all she knows is that she's been told that these sticks send you to another reality. And, uh, you know, she takes that leap of faith and, and sends herself to the void at the end of time. And fortunately for her, she was told at least one truth, which is that these sticks will do that to you. Thank fuck for that. Um, I... I also thought it was interesting that Renslayer lies to the Minutemen because after Sylvie yeah. prunes herself, uh, the guy turns to, to Renslayer and goes, she pruned herself. Yeah. <laughs> and then Renslayer goes, good. That means she's dead. Yeah. So, she, yeah. so she's lying to them. Because she because she knows that if more, I mean, she has the uh, experience of, is it B15? I'm losing track of numbers and letters here. Um Yes. She knows that when one of her most loyal timekeepers, TVA agents, whatever you want to call them, uh, mm-hmm. finds out the truth, that she turns like almost immediately. So she doesn't have any faith in the lower downs uh, in following orders if they find out as well, uh, which makes complete sense. Like I, I like the fact that she has really kind of like gone hook, line, and sinker 
um, for following the directives of the TVA, regardless of whether she was lied to or not. Um, it makes mm. her even less redeemable when the final kind of confrontation comes between her and Mobius, which you know is coming because he's going to burn it down. Two theme songs mentioned now. Yeah. We're on fire. Um, This fire burns. There we go. Another one. There we go. We're really on a roll today. Really on a roll today. Uh, So, yeah. uh, So now we pretty much spend the rest of the episode in the void. There is one more little uh, move back to the TVA where Renslayer uh, goes and uh, has a little word with B-15 who is not being held in a time loop, probably because she doesn't have any bad memories to use against her. She's just being held in a regular old cell, which someone pointed out, the energy field looks kind of familiar. Like it looks kind of similar to the energy field that was used to uh, keep Loki uh, a prisoner when he was in Asgard, which is interesting. Yeah, it does. It does look interesting. Hmm. I I do feel like we there are some things that I, I'm trying not to theorize or get too in depth on specific things. I feel like the specific stuff are always the things that that fall by the wayside when we get into the end game. Yeah, like you know we talked about we talked about how it looked like there might be runes. I do think they look like runes. It would explain why there's no why magic can't be used in the TVA, but it's probably nothing. Uh, this may or may not be nothing. There's another thing that I heard that I think does make a lot of sense, but I don't want to look too far into it because I just want to enjoy next week's episode and mm. not <laughs> bank too much on things that may or may not happen. Um, have you have you heard the theory about the uh, the title cards? No, I have not. So every episode ends with the with the title sequence, right? Yeah. Uh, and when people don't appear in the episode, they don't show the name of the person, but the title card still shows. Right. We remember that from Lamentus one where almost nobody was in it. Mm, mm. So it was, it was a lot of empty scenes. Right. But yeah. then usually when you watch the episode, those names appear and uh, every episode, there was a spot where there was no name. And then Ooh. this week, Richard E. Grant appears in that spot. Right. Right. Yeah. And somebody has pointed out that there are two spots with no names in the in the finale sequence that have not. They're like have not appeared. That, oh, that are just shots with no names on them. And so people are saying that they may that may explain at least two people who show up in the final episode. Uh well, it's gonna be at least one scene yet. So, yeah. There's yeah. gonna be at least so one. So it is it is interesting. I'm not trying to read too much into it because I don't wanna I, I don't want to ruin it for myself by by expecting something, but uh, you know, it, it does seem like there is at least two more people who may show up, but also Maybe they don't. Who knows? I'm not going to start thinking about it too much. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to hit myself. I just think it's an interesting thing. So I like bringing mm. it up, but I, I'm not trying to, to read too much into it. Yeah. I mean, I saw that there was a video on YouTube today, which was entitled Spoilers Who is in the Mansion? Um, and I just did not click it because I don't want to have theories in my head that could either be confirmed or denied before we finally get that reveal. So I'm just going to avoid anything like that until the episode drops on Wednesday. I do still think it's Howard mm-hmm. the Duck. I just think it's absolutely bolted on. It's, it's, got, to, it's got to be. It's got to be Howard the Duck. 
It has to be. <laughs> now, where is this coming from? <laughs> I mean, he appeared randomly in a Guardians movie, and then we never saw him again. He's got to be making oh, a comeback oh, soon. Oh, I'm sorry, Dave. Have you not watched the What If trailer? Oh, yes, I have. He does appear in What If. But you see, this is what's... He's going be- to be in What If as well. But this is what's so beautiful about it. They've not mentioned him since the Guardians movie, and now he's turning up in What If. That's what not true. What better way to That's prime people? True. Go on, then. He was in Endgame. What? Dave Roberts, you didn't know that Howard the Duck was in the big fight at the end of Endgame. No. <laughs> Are Dave, you shitting me. Go fire that shit up. Is he's fucking there? <laughs> You've got to be shitting me, really. He's he's he walks in. He walks through one of the portals with a big ass gun along with the Ravagers. Oh my god! This changes everything. <laughs> this changes everything. Okay, I'm I'm falling back on on my. Yeah. Uh, if you go if if you go and if you go and watch it, um, I think it's when uh when Hope Van Dyne shows up. I believe it's behind Hope is where Howard the Duck comes walking out of the portal. Damn. Okay, I'll check that out again. I'll fire up Disney Plus after we're done. Have a quick look and uh, <laughs> confirm for myself, but. Uh, I don't know. I still want Howard the Duck. <laughs> I can't help it. Well, we are. I mean, we're getting more. We're getting more, right? Yeah, He's we are coming. getting more. We are getting more. That uh, supposedly, supposedly, I I believe, still voiced by uh, uh, Seth Green. That's cool. And what if? Yeah, yeah. Cool. I, the trailer for What If does look pretty cool, and we will be talking about What If as and when it comes out. Um, now, I and the other thing too that people are pointing out. Mm. And I wasn't sure about this, but there was some stuff happening and it actually makes me question it. Uh, that what if might not just be an anthology series because um, of a bunch of random what if stories. It might be a part of the multiverse story that they're telling right now. I, that would make sense as well, because they all have to be like, what if is absolutely just alternate timelines? So of course it yeah, would be possible. Like it's of it's the exploring the multiverse. It's almost like yeah. right after Loki, we're jumping into yet another multiverse thing. Yeah. And also the thing that really uh to me questions what exactly is going on is um we know that they're one of the what if stories is what if Peggy Carter got the super uh soldier serum instead of uh Steve. Mm. And then in this trailer we see um captain carter and doctor strange from his what if together in a scene Mm. so it seems as if uh paths may be crossed or something and i'm interested to see what what all happens there it'll be interesting to see if that's the case of course marvel Mm -hmm. are known for uh sending mixed messages with and (laughs) sending us down rabbit holes with their trailers that uh, aren't necessarily the right direction and God love them for it, because I hate watching a trailer and knowing entirely what I'm going to be watching uh, after I've seen yeah. it. You know, that's like one of my pet peeves about trailers for the longest time is that they can't seem to keep the cool shit out of them. And most films, I'm like, just sell me on the concept of it. Like, if it's a superhero movie, I just need to know there's a superhero movie coming out. You don't need to show me the set pieces. You know, like these, the teasers that you get like a year and a half before they release, where they literally just show you someone in a suit saying one thing, like 
that's enough for me <laughs> normally. Like that'll get me excited. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some films benefit from much longer trailers, uh, but I think that a lot of action movies and things like that really should look at paring themselves down and not spoiling their content because they have precious little storyline as it is and you don't want to start making people think, oh, hang on, I know what's going on here before they've even paid for their ticket. Um, anyway, uh, back to Loki, where everyone is now in the multiverse, not in the multiverse, they're at the, they're at the land at the end of time. Um, Sylvie is uh, about to be eaten by the, uh, the, the, what is it, a lifer? Is that what I'm... What's the name of the thing? Lyoth? Lyoth. That's it, yes. Lyoth. Mm. The big cloudy thing. Um, She's about to be eaten by it, and uh, she makes contact with one of its tendrils, and she gets a little bit of a a connection with it as she's trying to escape. And then off in the distance, what should appear but a car with a giant bouncy slice of pizza on top of it, making its way Mm. towards her at a great rate of knots... And it is Mobius. He did not die. Of course he didn't die, because we all now know that these uh, these pruning sticks uh, are actually uh, transportation devices that will send you to the end of time. Uh, I'm wondering if they're powered by time stones now, because I have an overabundance of them. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how any of the time stuff works in the TVA. It's definitely some weird magic. Mm. But... um. Or an or advanced science, or which science. just seems yeah. like magic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the interesting thing here, which I, I I do they do explain, uh, and it's kind of a it's kind of a silly explanation, but um, everything that ha- that has ever been pruned by the GBA has been sent to this void, mm. and if you don't see it, it's either somewhere else or it's been eaten by a lion. Yeah. The reason why there are so many Lokis is because Lokis are survivors. <laughs> so they are just able to thrive in this chaotic void where yeah. uh for whatever reason they're able to stay alive and uh most others I dig uh that. perish. But uh Mobius hadn't been killed yet and uh he's stuck and around and hmm. uh pretty much everybody else we meet in the void is a Loki except for the uh Gentlemen on the USS Eldridge who are immediately murdered. <laughs> the old Manhattan experiment, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, they give it. They gave it their best. You know, hats off to them. Um, but uh, yeah, I, that's a really cool scene. Like when Loki's saying, "Well, you know, like any predator, it will go for the easiest meal and the biggest meal." So while it's distracted, mm-hmm. we're going to sneak around the back, and then within like twenty seconds, it's completely devoured <laughs> it the entirety. Yeah. Also, it seems like it can eat organic matter, but it has a tr- bit of a trouble with it, like inorganic matter. Um, yeah, it was interesting. You're right. Yeah, like it can't eat the ship. It can't eat the Sphinx. It doesn't eat uh, Stonehenge. Um, it makes sense as to why the Lokis have themselves kind of locked in an underground bowling alley uh, because it, the Lyoth can't make it past the outer shell of the uh, of, of the uh, building that they've got themselves kind of hunkered down in, so that's cool. Um, mm-hmm. They they make reference to the fact that there's like some ongoing drama between the Lokis, where Kid Loki is the king and he sits on the throne, and there's a bunch of other Lokis that want the power. So uh, mm-hmm. vote for Loki, Loki. 
uh, turns up, mm-hmm. or Mayoral Loki. I don't know what we're going to call him. Um, I believe he ran for president. Oh, President Loki. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so President Loki turns up, and he wants to be king, and he got his army. And this is an example of one of the things that have just been tweaked ever so slightly from the trailers. Because in the trailers, you literally just get a, a, an image of him going, come on. Um, yeah. Whereas in the show, it's a slightly longer scene uh, and he's immediately turned on by the other Lokis because that's what Lokis do. They stab each other yeah, in the so back. I, I believe I believe the, the sequence of events is... So first of all, we have the conversation where I believe we have discussed everything. Uh, and we have mentioned Alligator Loki, although I don't think enough. Uh, every time this episode cuts to a reaction shot to the Alligator Loki, it's... <laughs> it's great yeah (laughs) and uh the 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 loki's sit around uh in the bunker and they discuss uh how they ended up here what their next events were uh loki says uh i'm gonna go kill Eliath because sylvie has inspired him um uh he does say that he's not different than them but he's he's met somebody who is different and he's gonna fight for her uh, he goes to to kill Eliab and runs into the marauding Lokis. Um, they come down into the bunker. Boastful Loki betrays Kid Loki and uh, gives him over to the to the other Lokis, or specifically uh, President Loki. And then President Loki is betrayed by all of his lackeys. <laughs> and then they all just start fighting. Yeah, there's um, a, a lovely moment with. Um... Old man Loki, who, again, classic Loki, there you go. I'm getting my Coca-Colas and my uh, Wolverines yeah. mixed up. Um, so yeah. classic Loki uh, makes a uh, an, an image of the rest of them who then go off and fight in their stead while they beat a hasty retreat. He makes a really good point where he says, you know, the daggers look cool, but they hurt your ability to really use your power because when you've got your hands full, you're distracted. You yeah, can't. they pale in comparison to the to the um, the the magical abilities of a Loki. They're yeah, um, they're they're better at magic than they are at using blades. But the blades look really cool. The blades do look really cool, and I think there's room for both. There's definitely room mm-hmm. for both, especially when it's a giant dagger that is flaming, uh, which we'll get to oh, at some cool. point. Very cool. Um, so they make their escape. There's also a moment where, and uh, I can't remember if it was Screen Crush or New Rock Stars that pointed this out, but the um, the the old trick where Thor throws Loki into a bunch of people. I can't yeah, remember get, the name. Get of help. It. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they do that with Loki, <laughs> the alligator Loki, um, and we get a nice little callback to Phase. Two or phase three, two. where they cut hands off all phase over the place. Two. Phase two phase is when everybody two. got their hand cut off. Yeah, it was a nice little throwback to phase two because technically this is here's, phase two here's, Loki. Here's, here's how you could remind yourself which phase it is. Mm. Phase two is the sequel to phase one, just like Empire is the sequel to ah. A New Hope, and that is when Luke gets his hand cut off. So okay, cool. that is that is why they do it. In phase this two. is this is technically phase two Loki as well. So it only makes sense that someone lose their hand. That is true. That yeah, is true. There you go. So it was a lovely callback in many, many ways. Um, get help. And uh, Alligator Loki kicks ass. Alligator Loki's yeah. great. I love Loki. Uh, Crokey is his name, isn't it? 
should call him by his real name, <laughs> Crokey. Um, I love it. He's amazing. Uh, so they beat their uh, hasty retreat uh, just in time to um, see the, the Lyoth in the distance. And, and they make the decision that they're going to go towards the Lyoth because Loki has decided he's going to kill it. Uh, <laughs> that's his plan. <laughs> And he won't be dissuaded from it. Meanwhile, Sylvie has told uh, Mobius that instead of running from the Lyoth, they need to go back towards it because she thinks that she can enchant it after having made contact with its tendrils. Uh, Both groups meet up. There's a lovely little line where uh, classic Loki, I think it is, says, well, normally I would say it's raiders or pirates, uh, but uh, they're not slowing down. And uh, so they basically just kind of hold back and Sylvie emerges from the door and we get this lovely little reunion between Loki and Sylvie. Um, and there's a thing with a blanket slightly later on as well, which was really cool. Um, very tender moment. And I, I still think that there is a Nexus event coming between the two of them. And I'm still not sure what that Nexus event is, but it's to do with them working together. I'm sure of it. There, There is a point in this episode where they make a point of saying that Sylvie and Loki don't think it's because they're in love with each other. Mm. And even though they still have a very sweet moment that does seem romantic, I think that's the show telling us that that is not what happened. That yeah. is not the reason why yeah. uh, the Nexus event happened, that there's some other, there, it's some other reason. And, I it's something to I do with them sharing like the a idea, purpose at least. Yeah, I kind of like the idea that for for some reason uh and, and and you know what maybe it's simply um the two of them working together finding somebody that they trust is the thing that can ruin the sacred timeline. That's why it creates the big branch because that's going to yeah. set things differently and um that's an important moment. So maybe that's it. I don't know. I'm sure we'll find out in this final episode what what it is that they needed to do. I don't even know if they'll draw attention to it. It might just simply be that the episode ends because they were able to do whatever they did, and they only did it because of what happened on Lamentis. And therefore, we can assume that is what caused the branch, because we do oh, not understand. Wait I think a minute. Pretty, I think we do understand pretty well what causes the branch. Yeah. Wait, but wait a minute, though. I may, maybe Maybe we've already seen it. Maybe we've already seen that moment because when they join hands again and Sylvie says to Loki, you can do this. You just, you don't, you, you, you think you don't know how to enchant something, but you know how to do it deep down. And they work together to enchant the, um, the Lyoth. Maybe that's the moment where working together, they're able to achieve something that they never would have been able to do separately, which is to reach True. the doorway beyond the Lyoth and meet the man behind the curtain or woman. That's, yeah, that's a very being. good point because I I don't think I don't think that that Sylvie could have done it alone or mm, yeah. I think they needed to be together yeah and they, they definitely did. I, I do think that's interesting but also they wouldn't have been able to do it if it wasn't for classic Loki same great taste new mm-hmm. recipe um, <laughs> classic Loki doing what he does which is you know at first he says no we're, we're gonna stay here and uh we're, we're gonna get back to surviving and him and kid loki walk off and then there's a moment where he just turns and looks back and you're like mm, you're not so sure are you and then he has his big hero moment where he casts illusions of uh of uh, asgard and the life 
is distracted and thinks, "Oh, lunch," and then is very, very perturbed and uh, annoyed when it can't bite down on those glistening golden towers. Uh, yeah. Wonderful moment. And again, Richard E. Grant just being maniacal is the best Richard E. Grant. Whenever you to cast him in a role where he's able to inhabit that kind of psyche, it, you're going to get mm-hmm. the best out of Richard E. Grant. He's just a superb psychopath in the best possible way. Um, yeah, and him, him, like again, it it felt reminiscent of Hiddleston's laugh when when he's laughing at the end of the episode. I really felt. In that moment, I was like, "This is an old version of our Loki." Like, yeah, it, that's what it felt like, mm, which I love. Yeah, and the the backstory, which we never really talked about with old man Loki or, or classic Loki. Sorry, keep getting them mixed mm-hmm. up. Um, is that uh, he was basically Loki up to the point that Thanos kills him, except that he decided that he was going to be a bit smarter than our Loki, who just pulled a pair of knives. And um, he managed to cast an illusion. Thanos killed the illusion version of him. And then he just drifted through space for hundreds, maybe thousands of years. And that's why he's a lot older, because he just found an abandoned planet where he couldn't cause any branch events and just lived out a very miserable and lonely life uh, until one day he got it into his head he wanted to see his brother again. And the very moment that he made the resolution to uh, to see four again, was when the TVA turned up and brought him in, which is fucking yeah. tragic, man. You know, it is. It really is. Uh, I, uh, I, I, an interesting theory that I'm, I'm piecing together now. Mm. I've had heard, heard people say this, but I, I do think that there is, I think there is a multiverse. I think something that is now becoming more clear and is making a lot more sense. It's not just that time these things keep happening over and over again. It is that there is multiple timelines active, mm. but the TVA is molding all of those timelines into one sacred timeline. To follow the Imagine it is a bunch yeah. of parallels and not just one. Mm. And so it would make sense that in a parallel timeline where the events are the same, except that Loki is dressed like classic Loki is dressed in this episode and Thanos is in the Thanos copter. And now it all makes sense how all those things got pruned and ended up somewhere else Mm. because the TVA was like, that's not how this happens, but it would explain then why the variant Loki's and variant other things are so vastly different. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, there, there is no reason why our normal Loki would look like boastful Loki or one of those other marauding Loki's that didn't look like Tom Hiddleston. Hmm. Uh, Richard E. Grant did, you know, Kid Loki, you can argue is a child. So he would have looked at like Kid Loki at some point, but like he was a different race or Sylvie was, was a woman. Hmm. Those are the same timeline, but they are, but the TVA is pruning them to match the one central timeline. Yeah. So that is, I think, what is happening here, which makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I, I think that there's a very good chance that that's the case. Um, it could still just be that they're pruning entire branched timelines and collapsing them in on themselves. But then you, you would think that the the void at the end of time would be a little bit more full of buildings and and planets, you know, and things like that that would need to be eaten by the life. And we've already discovered that the life can't eat actual inorganic matter. So 
Yeah, I, I think mm-hmm. that that's probably more likely the case. Or maybe, I, I don't know, maybe those uh, pruning bombs just literally just wipe out all organic matter in the universe. So technically that timeline is still going on, but there's literally no life in it. You know. Well, it's interesting. The, something that they made a point of saying is that in, a, that the, in episode two, when they're talking about what these things do, mm. more specifically the... <laughs> the um the ones that they put in the ground when yeah. they yeah, yeah. when they branch the timeline uh fix the branch of the timeline that they only get rid of the surrounding affecting stuff mm. is what it gets rid of so it doesn't prune the entire world i guess but simply yeah. that moment it's still um, has... and there's things around it that efficient that actually affect that it still has a butterfly effect, though, doesn't it? Because if you were to prune, um, I don't know, let's say that uh, Loki has a variation where instead of being beaten to a pulp by the Hulk, he somehow manages to beat the Hulk uh, in a, a, a battle of wits, right? So he gets the upper hand. Then the TVA turn up, because you're not supposed to do that, Loki, you're not meant to win. And they reset that timeline, but they only reset the timeline in the immediate area that's affected. That means that they've well, taken out the Avengers, it, and then no, what, the Avengers then aren't there to... because because the idea is that they they snip it in mm. that moment, they clear out that stuff, and then you know the timeline resets to before the moment where everything uh, changed, and then it would play out again. And if it was, and if it didn't play out the way the TVA wanted, the TVA comes in, fixes it until it plays out correctly. So it deletes everything that was in there and then reverts time back to a point before it was deleted. So yeah, it can play it's out like again. it's it's more like it's more like getting rid of the stuff and then rewinding to the moment before the stuff was introduced. Hmm. I don't know if they've necessarily ever pointed out that that's exactly how it works. Like Vis- I, visually, that's what they've showed us when they were showing us in the little. Well, cartoon. they showed it deleting stuff, but it never, it never no, actively in the said in the cartoon. Yeah, when they when they pick up the variant and then they fix his timeline, they show it reversing backwards and then getting snipped to where it was before things changed. Okay, but that's then, then the but then, so I'm assuming that's how. It but then you're not um, correcting a parallel timeline you're destroying it at source and going back to one prime timeline with no other variations or parallels i don't know it's it's a tricky one i don't think they've ever specifically I, I said they do it one way or the other angle on time and and, I, and yeah. frankly i mean i feel like endgame is a different angle on time travel than we've kind of seen before mm. or at least a real double down on the, on the idea that it creates branches in general that there's not a clean thing and mm. who's to say once this is all over that time travel isn't still fucking weird and a part of this and changes and is different because you know i, I think um, the rules just change i have, I have some questions about some things that have been recently introduced that yeah uh, i may be forming some theories on and I, I don't I think, know how those theories make sense yet to be honest like we, i know we've gone down this rabbit hole before with time travel and we're not going to do it again because it, it will mm. just Go back and listen to the episode where we talked about timey-wimey shit. Um, but I I think that really it just comes down to who's writing it and what rules do they want in place for this particular story. In the same way that if you go to different variations, different storylines within Star Trek, 
or Doctor Who, they seemingly have completely different rules for one thing or another, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so really it's just a mechanic to tell a story and we shouldn't get too fixated on it because unlike a movie franchise like Back to the Future, which we also talked about during the Timey Wimey episode, um, it's it's not self-contained enough um, being a free film series it's not as contained as that where you can set up your rules and you can follow them religiously there needs to be a little bit of flexibility and the and the ability to retcon stuff and to say well yeah that is how it used to work but we've decided the rules have changed now because we introduced this stone that allows you to change things differently or we have this technology that tva have which does things in a different way so yeah, I, it's difficult to know. I think unless they sit down and they literally just talk through it and explain it in dialogue, I think it's pretty difficult to know exactly how it works. But I think both theories are completely valid that there could be one timeline and all of the branches are cut at the at the base and they're completely eradicated. Or alternatively, um, the little ground charges that they put down eradicate the variant timeline then they rewind time on the timeline and that timeline then hopefully follows the same route that the prime timeline is meant to it's really really tricky to know exactly um how it works but i think we'll we'll probably just uh, agree to leave it there perhaps and hopefully (laughs) at some point a marvel movie will deem to tell us exactly how this shit all works <laughs> yeah um, there there there's there's something there, there's something in uh in black widow that has made me want to explore like oh, again okay. i don't nobody else seems to have picked up on it it's just to me i'm like i feel like that's something <laughs> right i mean i've <laughs> not watched it if they ever pick up with that i've not seen it yet but depending on how tomorrow goes i might splash the cash and go and watch it um oh, yeah because uh you know can't no just spoilers. go splashing I'll, I'll, money i'm around. just saying that some, there's like something that is not really like not shown that much attention that i i have some questions about so sure. uh, we'll talk about it when you see it but cool. okay uh the the episode the episode ends with the with the great classic loki moment uh mobius and and loki hug which is that was a great, great moment yeah i'm still hoping for the jet ski at the end of the next episode yeah, I want I want a I want a jet ski real bad. Yeah. Um in my in my perfect timeline, he uses the temp pad to get dipped to the nineties by a, a jet ski mm-hmm. and then heads back to the, the TVA and is just burning the place to the ground on a jet ski. <laughs> uh and we just cut to that Amazing. throughout the episode. <laughs> Amazing. Yes, yes, please. But uh I do also love the Owen Wilson moment of him uh of Loki hugging him and calling him his friend. And then That's so good. Uh, he goes, he goes, you're my favorite, but he's looking at Sylvie. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I love that Owen Wilson energy that he's brought to this character. Um, and, and it's a very knowing thing. Like when you cast Owen Wilson in something, it's very rare that you're casting him to play against a certain type, you know? Yeah. This, this show asked the question, what if, what if Owen Wilson was a time <laughs> yeah, cop? Pretty much. And has, fully delivered that premise <laughs> pretty much and i'm all here i'm here for it and if they want to do a season two i'm fully behind the idea of mobius and loki just traveling through time and, as as body and, cops yeah. 
all signs point to this being so far the one Disney Plus show that has a sequ- a, sequ- a second season. I in hope development. so. They are they have it in development. They have they have discussed a second season of this, mm. whereas everything else like WandaVision, not no second season. Falcon Winter Soldier, no second season. This is one where they're like, actually, this is probably yeah. going to have more seasons. Well, I mean, Falcon so and Winter Soldier makes sense because there's a movie that they're going to be making instead. Right. That, and that was the point Kevin Faggy said, which is that they are uh, they are continuing those stories, but they're continuing them in movies and not yeah. uh, the TV shows. Which so is great synergy. That is why there's not a second season. Absolutely. And WandaVision will also be continued in movies in stuff like uh, Doctor mm. Strange and uh, probably in some way, shape or form, um, Spider-Man. Although the more I'm reading about possible plot leaks, it seems like that's a much more Doctor Strange thing and a lot less Wonder uh, kind of thing. But she'll yeah, probably I be think involved. The, the, the connective thread is how Doctor Strange connects to WandaVision and Spider-Man and his movie and not so much how wanda connects to spider-man yeah. i don't think yeah although who knows but i i, I kind of feel like that's uh that that's the important thing is dr strange trying to fix the multiverse involves spider-man and then will involve wanda when it's time for it to involve wanda and the whole thing kind of works as a story but mm. um it's not as direct as wanda appearing in in spider-man no um okay so the episode ends. We already talked about about everything I, I believe that happens here at the end of the episode. The important thing being that uh, we do see there is some kind of mansion on a rock in the middle of the end of time, and they walk towards it. We get the end credits. No end credit scene this week, so we know. And and I will say, of the three shows we've gotten so far, this one feels like it's ready for a finale. Mm. Yep. Yep. I'm I'm hoping. Uh, after what we've seen of the other two shows, uh, one of which was very obviously affected by the pandemic um, in in WandaVision, yes. and then the other one, which just, I mean, I I really did enjoy Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but there was just something about that final episode that just didn't really feel that satisfying. Um, I 100% agree, and mm. I and, and I've said before, and I think we agree on this based on what you just said. One division felt unsatisfying in its finale because of COVID. Like, yeah, it felt like the show ended differently because of COVID, and that is why that episode feels bad. I feel like it should have been a better episode. Mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah. yeah, a better finale to tie the whole thing together, and that they couldn't because not everybody was available, and mm. it's disappointing in that way. But still a pretty solid it just wasn't what you wanted because it was missing some stuff that you wanted but had some other good stuff in it yeah um and then falcon winter soldier was a fun show but and had some good moments but to me it wasn't it didn't do anything that exciting and and uh the the stuff it set up for the future i i wasn't like as sold on whereas loki i feel like this and even like the second the the penultimate episode of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier is like like them just kind of like waiting until it's time for the final episode to start. <laughs> they like the, the 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 momentum of the show builds and builds and builds and then they take a break to build a boat and then they do the finale. <laughs> oh man, the boat. I forgot and about this, the boat. Yeah. And this this show has just been building and building and building and then we it feels now like mm. here comes the finale. 
So I'm I'm excited for this last episode. Absolutely. It feels like it's been a really well-crafted five episodes of TV so far, and they've left just Mm -hmm. enough content and questions for them to fill that final 45 minutes depend i, I yeah, i'm I guessing feel, it's i feel like we, yeah i feel like we, we, one hour left and i feel like whatever story is left to be told can be can fit in that hour i, yeah. I feel yeah i i really want them to do it <laughs> i just um, i just hope that they have a conclusion which is satisfying in 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 the right way you know um i i think it depends on who the the, the man woman non-binary uh figure behind the curtain is um and I, there is a part of me that thinks that Renslayer at this point is the most sensible, like a future version of Renslayer. Um, okay, so I was going to ask this question hmm. outright: Who do you think is who do you think is is responsible here? I mean, I still I actually just I just actually based on what you just said, actually have an interesting theory. Okay, I mean, I still think okay. there's a good chance that it could be a variant of Loki himself. Um, Not a bad choice, but I. There's just part of me now that thinks that a future variant of, uh, sorry, a future version of Renslayer kind of makes a lot of sense as well. Um, I don't know. I could be the fucking Silver Surfer for all I know. Um, <laughs> it really could be anyone. It could be Galactus for fuck's sake. It could be so, Doctor so, Strange. Who knows? Um, no, no. And, and of all the people, there is there is one that does make sense and it's kang which does make sense Mm. it's one of those things where unlike mephisto we know that they've already cast the actor who's playing kang the conqueror and that he's going to be appearing soon in the movies so he that is a completely different thing where you know everyone was like well maybe it's mephisto and there was actually you know there was some some references and it was based on a story so it made sense but unlike un, unlike with this though we know jonathan majors is playing Kang. yeah we know he's going to be in a movie soon and we so do have two names that that left to reveal is, yeah mm. here's another thing i'm going to stay on the Kang thing for a second simply because we're there and and this is you know a part of the theory of there's there's still names not to be revealed sure. in that title card so jonathan majors appearing in in an episode of this and he denied it which of course it's what you do when you're at a Marvel project because Tatiana Maslany did the same thing when she was asked point blank if she was in She-Hulk. She was like, <laughs> I am not. And I I don't even know anything about it. And she and she was. <laughs> so so his answer lines up with everything so far. But um, so there's the title card. There's the fact that we were Kane. Here is my my evidence. So back in December, they did that big like Disney press conference thing where they showed footage from all kinds of stuff and they made all these announcements and, and told us what all series they had planned. And it was a lot of fun. And in that announcement, Hmm. uh, Kevin Feige goes in the She-Hulk series, Tim Roth will be coming back as abomination. Hmm. And then later he says in Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum mania, Kang the Conqueror will be played by Jonathan Majors. He will be the bad guy, right? Yeah. Those things were said by Kevin Feige in the press conference. The thing that has changed since then. Oh, is Shang-Chi. We, yes, we've got a Shang-Chi trailer in yeah. which Abomination appears confirmed. Not even like, oh, that looked like Abomination. 
Kevin Feige said that is Abomination. Yeah. And Wong fighting. Yeah, yeah. So Abomination is not appearing first in uh, She-Hulk, but is in fact appearing first in Shang-Chi. And of course he never means... said that it would be appearing first in. He just said we'll be appearing yes, in. Yes, they ah. will be. Kane the Conqueror will be the villain in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Not that that will be the first place he appears. So I do think, and I'm trying not to get myself too wild up about this idea, <laughs> There is so much in this show that points to Kang. In this episode alone, first mm. of all, Renslayer is canonically in a relationship with, with Kang in the comics. Yeah. There is history between those two characters. Um, Elioth and Kang have history. In this episode, the Avengers Tower has QENG or whatever on it, yeah. which is a holding company of Kang the Conqueror they have put all and you know the of course the thing mentioned often the middle timekeeper looks a lot like jonathan majors and kane the conqueror yeah he does right there is a resemblance there so i do think there might be something here i don't know if that's just outright what it is there's a couple of other theories i have one in the comics the tva was created by he who remains mm mm-hmm. mhm I like your theory that it is Renslayer. Renslayer could be she who remains. Yeah. The last TV agent at the end of time who has created it. And that version of Renslayer at the end of time, probably in a relationship with Kang at some point in the timeline, maybe Kang is in a way responsible without Jonathan Majors actually appearing in the show. And that she who remains is Renslayer who creates the TVA in the future, an older version of her could be responsible. Hmm. Also, he who could, who he remains could be Loki or Mobius. Maybe, you know, I don't think it'll be Mobius. I don't think that really makes a lot of sense, but it could be, um, I wouldn't be surprised quite frankly, even though I said Richard E. Grant seemed like the perfect choice to be a villain. He made perfect sense to be an older version of Loki as a villain. Maybe he still is. I don't mm-hmm. think he's classic Loki. New Rockstars was like, and it's going to be classic Loki traveling down there to, to confront them. And it was all part of his plan. No, I think Richard E. Grant could be playing two different versions of Loki. And I could see him mm-hmm. being yeah. the person who they confront. You know what I mean? But yeah, it, this yeah. is a different version of him. It is not Richard E. Grant as classic Loki. It is Richard E. Grant as the final uh, he who remains Loki. Mm. So, so that aspect of things is interesting to me. Uh, another thing that isn't necessarily a theory about the the ending of the show, but something I think could happen in the end of this episode or the final episode. Uh, a, a thing about Mobius in the comics is that there's a bunch of Mobiuses. Yeah. And that is something that we have not seen at all. So maybe that is a part of the finale episode where we get a whole bunch of Mobiuses or something like maybe, you know, people have pointed out maybe maybe he's getting his mind wiped. Maybe there's a bunch of him and, and they're all working independently for Renslayer. Hmm. Uh, who knows? I, I think that there's some, a lot of interesting things that could happen here to me, some combination of these and also a setup to Kang, whether he appears or not, whether Jonathan Majors is in this or not, it does seem like there is just too much of this pointing towards that to, for it to have nothing to do with this. Hmm. But then there is also the idea that, you know, Loki being the bad guy in a way makes a lot of sense because, that's kind of the story they've been telling, right? That Loki's biggest enemy is 
himself. So, of course, the villain at the end of the story would be Loki, not our Loki. Uh, and I do think our Loki has changed. I don't think Sylvia or Loki betray each other. I think this is all very genuine. That, that I, is my... I really don't think that our i think our loki is different now i totally uh, believe him i've got a concern about that i don't know why but during this entire fifth episode whenever he would do something that would be kind of like a way of convincing the audience that yes he's changed and he wouldn't betray her in the back of my mind i've still got this idea of him having realized in episode one that the ultimate power in the world is control of the tva and that he will essentially just backstab anybody to do it. And I don't want that to be the case. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely hope and and pray that this is what we think it is and that he has changed. But at the same time, we know that Loki does not change and that he is chaos in the universe, you know. And it would just kind of fit him to be so genuine and then at the very last betray the one person that we've kind of decided through the show is the only person that he wouldn't betray. And there's so much that points against it that I'm beginning to think that maybe there's too much evidence persuading us he won't betray her, you know? I've just got a bad feeling about it. I do buy, you know, they talked about how time is different in the TVA. He makes a point of saying he doesn't know how long it's been since the TVA. And it's one of those things where I I do feel like there has been a slow, gradual change in the way uh, Hiddleston has played him in this show. And it really does feel like this character has grown so much more than even the Loki that we know from the movies, right? Mm, the, yeah. the one who did genuinely become a better person and change by the end of Ragnarok and who sacrifices himself in Endgame trying to take down Thanos and actually tried to do something heroic and, and, and failed. To me, this Loki we've seen in this series has grown so much more than even that version of Loki. Yeah, And that... Um, this variant Loki, which I did, it was funny to me, but I did start thinking to myself watching this episode, how interesting it is that, um, that Loki is, it, you know, he's in this brown shirt and tie the whole the series. And I, I very, very much become accustomed to this look and, and mm. feel for Loki. Yeah. And then watching him sit around next to boastful Loki and classic Loki and kid Loki and Sylvie and stuff like that. It really did strike me of like, oh, wow, this this is a variant Loki. This guy is different than the other Loki. Mm, mm. <laughs> like he just he, he this this experience does make him feel like a very different character. And he's played very differently. And when yeah. you see President Loki come back, who is very much like our classic Loki, mm. this Loki feels very different. Um, yeah. It's just a, it's a even nagging. His, even his comment of seeing all those Lokis and he goes, I'm in hell. <laughs> <laughs> it it is it's just a nagging feeling that i've got in the back of my head and i want it to go away and i i hope to to high hell that by the end of episode six i will be able to let out a huge sigh of relief and be like thank god they didn't go there but you know the, the more that they try the, the more they convince you that a character has changed the more fearful you become that they've not really that's where i am at the moment you know mm-hmm. um it's it's like you know um I, what was the example I was going to use there? It's it's like if if you're 
if you're France and you're three one up against Switzerland, and then the Swiss score two goals in the last three minutes to take it to extra time, and then you end up losing on penalties to Switzerland. Um, it's like for so for so long you thought that it was going your way, and at the very last moment it swings the other direction. That's not what I want to happen here, and I hope that that's not what they're doing. Um, but it is a valid concern that I have. Um, that you know that that Loki at his core has almost always been a backstabber, a betrayer, uh, a mischief maker, someone that is always out for himself and for no one else, and it it concerns me slightly that at the very last moment when he has the potential to have all that power in his own hands that he might do the wrong thing but again i don't think he will and i hope that he won't but i do have Uh, a suspicion that it could happen and that's all it is is a suspicion listen i will give this show props because if he does betray us they have done the successful that's how it will feel really truly believing that this loki has changed yeah truly believing he was different truly believing he wouldn't betray somebody um so it, so it would in that way i would be like you know what wow uh, i really got got by by loki yeah <laughs> which i never thought would happen because i always thought i I cannot trust this guy and but that, that would be like he's changed and we'll see if that happens or not but it, i will mad respect because i've totally <laughs> bought into this and if that happens you know what i can't even be that mad because no i won't be mad uh, i'll just be a little i should bit, have known better <laughs> i'll just be a little bit disappointed because i i really want this version of loki and the thing is if they're making a second series of this it kind of makes more sense that he has actually changed to an extent um because mm-hmm. if he's if he just if he does as you so wonderfully put betray us like the viewers as well as everyone in the show like I don't know how long it takes for him to recover from that, honestly. Like, in, in terms of us being able to trust him, us being able to put faith in him as a lead character, like, do they spin off into what we thought they were going to do halfway through this series, which is Sylvie as the lead character and Hiddleston kind of handing off the, the horned crown? We know that's not happening, and from what you've said about Hiddleston and talking about how he wants to play Loki forever, hopefully that never will be the case. But um, yeah, I don't know. So I, I I think I'm probably talking about this so much because I want it not to happen. And hope, I'm hopefully yeah. manifesting it into not happening. Um, but it, yeah. like you say, if it does happen, fair play to them because God damn, they would have got me. Because <laughs> I genuinely I, would have been I, like, fuck, I didn't want this to happen. Right. And, and I don't want Sylvie to, you know, he he told Sylvie, I will not betray you. But Sylvie didn't say, I won't betray you. And I will also be heard if Sylvie betrays Loki. And that I would be very enchantress. not betray each other. Yeah. I will be very bummed about that. Enchantress. I, and I also yeah. do want, I, I want Sylvie around forever. I want Mobius around forever. I want these characters to continue to be a part of this. I will say, hey, same thing with Black Widow. There are characters in this Black Widow movie that I want to see all the time now i like these characters i want them to stick mm. around and be in new mm. marvel stuff and and i'm hoping that that continues even beyond season two and we also yeah. know now that that these shows do officially um you know have officially interacted with uh the movies so i i'm excited to see how this all plays out and hopefully continue to see these characters in future projects because i really like them and i wanted and more of this show please get mm, yeah get 
get these guys back in in and have them keep making this show because god the, the this show it it looks great it sounds great the music is incredible it, it looks great the writing is funny the acting is great yeah really enjoy this show and uh it's weird time travel antics and i want to see more <laughs> of it well i can't think of a better way to end that conversation on loki than that um before we go Tyler, I saw a film the other day and I'm in love with it and I have a feeling that you're probably aware of this movie and if you're not, it's it's going to be something that I recommend to you. Okay. Okay. Have you seen Anna and the Apocalypse? I've heard of it, but I have not seen it. Oh, okay. It is a, it is a hard recommend from me. It is a very, very good, very fun, very well-executed horror musical set at Christmas in Scotland. It's got everything. It's got Scottish people, it's got zombies, it's got musical numbers, dance routines. It's genuinely some of the best fun that I've had watching a movie in several months. It's so, so good. Yes, I I do want to check this out. I remember when it came out and hearing really awesome stuff about it, so uh, I do want to see this. It does sound like it would be right up my alley. Yeah, it's, it's excellent. So definitely check that one out. Um, that's going to do it for this episode of uh, the BS Cast and uh, for this review of Loki Episode 5. Join us next week when we will be reacting to the final episode of Loki Season 1. I say that because, again, I'm trying to manifest Season 2 into being. We know it's possibly happening, maybe even likely happening, but you can never tell until something gets a release date and uh, and gets put out there. So, fingers crossed. And and hopefully uh, next week we'll also be able to talk a little bit about uh, Black Widow too. Yeah, fingers crossed. I will uh, do my best to uh, to make sure that I uh, get to see that film, and uh, we will hopefully talk about it. If not next week, then maybe we can do a special at some point after where I can uh, I can talk about it with you. Oh, yeah. You. Cool. We got some time. Okay, then. Right, that's going to be everything then. Thank you, everybody, for what... For, oh, God, I've done it again. I've slipped into YouTube mode, everybody. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. Until next time, for Tyler, I'm Dave. We'll see you around. Bye-bye.